thank you for your amazing love. And Lord, now as we turn our attention to your word, we ask that you would speak to each of us individually, to us as a church corporately. As we continue to progress in our transformation, Lord, uh, you know us. You know us. And you know those things in our life that hinder us. You know those things in our life that that perhaps are obstacles and roadblocks in our spiritual growth. And my prayer for us this morning, once again, is that through the ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit, we would not just be hearers of truth, but doers of truth. And then the application and then the obedience that supernaturally we would continue this transformation, this metamorphosis, to be transformed more and more into the image of your Son, not for our sake alone, but for the glory of God. For the glory of God. So Lord, uh, do what only you could do in our midst. Thank you for your word. We thank you that it is through your word we are sanctified and set apart. And all God's people said, Amen. Shiloh, you can leave, uh, put that screen back down. And if you would put up the verse to Amazing Love. All right. All right. While she's doing that, open to Romans 12. Romans 12. Romans 12. <sighs> Spending a year. Looking at transformation, looking at it in all different aspects, understanding what it is, understanding why if we desire something so absolutely supernaturally incredible, why it is that we struggle every day, right? And I've been sharing with you, kind of exhorting you, imploring you, encouraging you to make Romans 12, 1 and 2 prayer verses when you get up in the morning, say, Lord, Today I want to submit. Today I choose to be a living sacrifice. Today I choose to not be conformed. Remember we went through that last Sunday. What an incredible passage of Scripture to make as a morning prayer. Just to make it as a daily prayer. Lord, today on the front end I yield as a living sacrifice. Today I ask you to transform me. Today I ask you to to break that old habit. Help me walk in newness of life, right? So Romans 12 1 and 2, let's read that together. Ready, begin. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Right? Look at Romans 12, 1. And the very first word is what? Therefore. Right? Very important word in the Bible. Whenever you see the word therefore, you need to ask the question, what is therefore? Therefore. Right? Why is, what is therefore what? And that word therefore is in light of Romans chapters 1 through 11, which was a gospel presentation he says, in light of the gospel, Romans 12:1 says, therefore, here's your response. Okay, so say the word response. Response. So he says, okay, here's the gospel in 11 chapters. Now I want you to respond very specifically. So he says, therefore, in light of this biblical truth, therefore, here's a practical application. Here's a practical response. And that word response that's the key word. That's the, that's the word that's on my heart for us this morning is response. Because look at this song. Right here, kind of the same thing. The verse we just sang, 
outstanding biblical truth. Amen. Right. Look, I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you rose. You died and rose again. Phenomenal doctrine. Amen. Last Sunday, I shared with you, if you're going to mature, right, if you're going to continue to be transformed and spiritually mature, you have to develop the discipline and the exert the effort, okay, to appropriate present day biblical truth. See, a lot of Christians, we, we went over this last Sunday, I encourage you to listen to it. A lot of us as Christians, if we're not careful, we base our present day Christianity on what Jesus did for us. Are you a Christian? Yeah. Yes, right? Why? Well, I believe Jesus died for me. So you're absolutely convinced. It is your conviction. It is solid, as solid as that pew you're sitting in, that Jesus Christ died for you, right? Okay, on the basis of Scripture, we are saved by grace through faith, right? Right? John 3.16, whoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life, right? So we understand resting fully in the finished work of Jesus alone brings us salvation. Solid. If Diana is going to continue to progress and mature and be transformed, she needs to continue to study and appropriate God's truth about who she is now with the same level of conviction. Because when Diana gets confronted by somebody and she's dealing with issues of forgiveness, reciting, well, Jesus died for me, reciting John 3.16 isn't going to help her. All the present-day truths about who she is in Christ, being indwelt by the Holy Spirit, having everything pertaining to life and godliness, being a new creation, being enabled to walk in newness of life, all the present-day biblical truth about who you are in Christ, that is what is going to help her grow. Amen? That's why it's important. That's why we teach the Word of God here. We saw last week in First Peter, the only way you grow is by the pure spiritual milk, which is the Word of God. You're not going to grow by my opinion or I think. We're going to teach you the Word of God because the Word of God says that's how you grow spiritually. The question is, are you appropriating, are you walking with the conviction, the settled convictions, even this? We could preach this for a year. <laughs> I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. Hmm, kind of sounds like justification. If you've been with me for a while, many, what is justification? Declared, not guilty, fully righteous. Okay, so Jesus died for me. Great elementary truth, kind of the milk. Progressing to the meat is justification, is an example, which means I'm not guilty, but I'm wrapped in the righteousness of Christ, which means I'm accepted. And last Sunday, we spent a whole lot of time, hopefully, you got it settled in your heart that as you sit here right now, positionally, how is God looking at you, Olivia, from last Sunday? He sees the righteousness of Christ in you. So as God is looking at you right now as his child, what's his facial expression? Smiling. Is he happy to see you here? Turn to the person next to you and say, he loves you. And he's happy to see you. See, everyone suddenly smiles, right? You just, everyone got happy all of a sudden. Because what do we got this thing about church? I literally, somebody, we invited them to church and hadn't been to church and I don't think they're Christian or whatever. They literally told me, I can't go to your church because I'll walk in and I'll get hit by a lightning bolt. 
They told me that. And they believed it. See, we come to this church, even as believers, that we come and God, we had a rough week, so God's kind of bummed with us. Mark, what are you doing here, buddy? Like we kind of slink in the back row hoping God doesn't see us. I mean, positionally, God is thrilled with you. He's thrilled with you. Right? If he had a wallet, your picture is in the wallet. If you were back in those days when they had wallets and pictures. Right? You remember, how many remember that, right? You had the little wall, right? People are like, what? Wallet? I have this frame that moves with frame. And I'm on Facebook. What's this wallet thing with pictures? Right? But for us in that generation, he's got your picture. This is my daughter, Brenda. Can I show you her? I love her. Right? Or he's got your picture on his fridge. If God has a fridge, you're on it. You're on it. This is what little Scotty drew. I'm so proud of him. You get it? Do you get it? This is who you are in Christ. If you're going to mature, if we're going to grow, we have to continue to appropriate, believe, and walk by faith according to who we are today. Yes, Jesus died for us. Yes, that changed everything. But if we're going to grow in our transformation, you have to have the same level of settled conviction about these present day truths. Look at that. I'm accepted. You are condemned. I'm alive. Who's spiritually alive here? If you're a believer, you are, because the Bible says you were spiritually dead. You're spiritually alive. Okay? Your spirit is within me. Is he? Nudge the person next to you. That's you. You're a believer. He's talking to you again. Your spirit, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, dwells where? Do you believe it? Are you convinced? Uh, Careful. Okay. Because you died and rose again. Now look at the verse. The chorus is a response. Look. Go ahead. Amazing love. How can it? It's 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 an expression. Oh, amazing love. Right? How many of you ever got a gift from someone and you were overwhelmed by their generosity? Like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't have. Anyone? That's what they're talking about here. Engaging. Like, oh, amazing love. How can it be that you, my king, would die for me? That you, my king, would die for me. When was the last time you pondered that? The king of kings died for me. When was the last time that ever sunk in that truth? The king of kings died for you. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you. In all I do, I look at the response. Amazing love, I know it's true. And here's the response. Here's the response. It's my joy to honor you. Is it? Oh, careful. I know it should be, but is it? And this is not, believe me, I've been challenged a lot with my attitude about obedience. Lord, it's my joy to honor you. Okay, but why in that area where you're challenging me to obedience? I'm not feeling much joy, Lord. I'm feeling a little bit of rebellion. 
And I'm a little bit mad that you want that too. And I don't know why I have to be the first to change. And I... It's my joy to honor you in all I do. Even with that person at work. Even when they cut me off. Even in my finances. Even in my thought life. To honor you in all I do. Just asking. Because I've been asked that over and over. What's the disconnect? What, what's the challenge? Why isn't, why aren't we just like, oh yeah, Bible says to forgive as the Lord forgave me. Diana slights me, Diana insults me, Diana sins against me. Oh yeah, sure Diana, I forgive you. No problem. Anyone have that? Anyone still harboring something? Anyone still got a little grudge? Even though you know that the Bible says we're to forgive as Christ forgave us? What about worry? Matthew 6, three times, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. The pagans worry. You don't worry, your father knows. Anyone still worry? It's my joy to honor you in my worry. Where's the disconnect? That's why we're spending so much time. I'm not doubting your sincerity and my sincerity to be transformed, but we're spending a year on this because, man, when the doors open and we leave here, life can be rough. Amen? And the old nature is waiting. Amen? And the devil is waiting. And the world is waiting. And suddenly, it's my joy. Is it a joy? Is it? How do I make it a joy? What's the basis of that joyful surrender? What is going to be the basis when Diana is tempted this week? What is going to be the basis of her joyful surrender? When, when Diana is feeling rather rebellious this week, what is going to be the basis of her joyful honoring? You ever ask yourself that? What's the basis of it? Where, where, where is it? Where is it going to come from in this transformation? Thank you, Shelley. You can put that up for now. If you look in your notes, we've been looking at reasons for maybe a lack of response. In this transformation, churchiness, right? I call it churchiness. We looked at Revelation, the church at Ephesus. They got really good at doing church, but in the process of being really good at church, they left their first love. So maybe, you know what? Maybe you just left your first love, right? He says, hey, repent, come back, right? What we call affluenza, the church at Laodicea. They were so materially comfortable. Jesus says, hey, you're lukewarm. You say you don't need anything but you're blind, you're naked, right? He says, hey, you and your affluence. Laodicea was moderate, was Ojai. You and your affluence, wake up. Spiritually, you're destitute. Come back to me, right? Worldliness, we saw in 1 Corinthians 3. Paul says, hey, I want to talk to you as adults, as spiritual people, but you're still kind of on the milk. Remember the milk thing? What was going on in Corinthians? Worldliness. They were acting like unbelievers. Hey, I really like Apollos. Hey, I really like Paul. There was division. There was jealousy. There was strife. Where? In the church. Because the church was acting like the world. So one of the reasons that you might be stuck in your transformation 
is you're acting like the world in some areas. What does Romans 12 two say? Do not be conformed. Maybe there's an area or areas in your, world, in, in your life where you're still worldly. That's what Paul was addressing. They were believers. He didn't call them out on everything. He says, in this one area, you're saying, I like, the, I like Apollos. I like Paul. And there was all this division because it was all about me. Brought into the church. That's what Corinthians 3 was talking about. Okay, so maybe we saw in that week there's an area or areas where you're like, Lord, okay, ah, gosh, yeah, I've still got my old attitude. That's the old me. I got my old attitude. I got my old habits. I got my, my thing. My thing. We talked about that, right? And then Hebrews 5, we saw that there was a hearing problem. A hearing problem. Let's go to Hebrews 5 and we'll launch just look at this. Hebrews 5. Hebrews is after Timothy, Titus, Philemon. Hebrews 5, right? We saw that the writer wanted to be talking to these groups. Some say it's believers, maybe a mix of believers, unbelievers, right? He wants to go into depth, the meaty stuff about Jesus being our high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And he says, ah, sorry, can't go there. Hebrews 5.11, look at this. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by what? Constant use, obedience, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Where it says in the NIV... You are slow to learn. In the New King James, it says you are dull of hearing. There's a hearing problem. The hearing problem was this. Spiritual laziness. They'd become lethargic. The word means no drive, no enthusiasm. Blah. It was just blah. Spiritually, they were just blah. Kind of like high school. Blah. Going to class, right? Go to class. Sit. Da-da-da-da-da. Bell rings. Lost to the next. Right? Anyone? Right? There's this spiritual lethargy that's happening. They become dull of hearing. And we talked about it that week. Do we have a hearing problem? Maybe you're stuck in your transformation because, quite honestly, it's a been there, done that moment for you. You've been in church one decade, two decades, three decades, one week maybe. And you're already like, ah, I've been there, done that. And there's, ap- there's apathy. There's no drive. There's no zeal. Right? I shared with you, remember when, back in the day when you had the hearing test? Elementary school, anyone remember those days when you got called and you had the hearing test? And I used to freak out because I didn't want to get it wrong. And you had to raise your hand for which ear. Man, I was like... You know, and then, and then I, I felt like I'd always cheat and see if the person pushed the button. Because I don't want to be, like, looking silly if I'm supposed to be raising my hand. And they, I guess he's deaf. You know what I mean? It's like, so I'd raise my hand and guess, right? I was so intent on trying to hear the little, and spiritually, there was probably a time in your life when you were like, oh, yes, God's word comes to life. And you can't get enough. I'm saved. I'm a new creation. I'm a child. I'm justified. And all of a sudden, like, go, 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 go. What else? What else? What else? What else? And then over time, you just don't hear it anymore. 
You just don't want it anymore. And we've been talking about this, right? And so look at First Peter. This is where we were last. We keep going to your right. Hebrews, James, First Peter. In Peter, he's addressing believers. First Peter 1.23. Last week, we saw this. It says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. So he's saying, hey, you've been born by the word of God. The word of God was brought to you. What does Romans say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God was preached to you. Holy Spirit opened your eyes. You were saved. Right? Look what he says. Therefore, in light of the fact that you've been saved by the word of God, here's your response. Two responses. Look, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. He's like, hey, man, you've got you to you leave the old behind. You've got to leave the old behind, walking in sin. You've got to leave it all behind, right? We're not going to go into all of that. That's one response. And then he says this, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. Crave, we saw intense passion, desire. Pure spiritual milk is the Word of God. Do you have a craving for the Word of God? Do you crave it? Intense passion, desire. How many of you as a parent, mother, father, knew when your baby was craving milk? Anyone? Right? I remember those days, right? Newborns. Three in the morning. Honey. Honey. Vinny's hungry. (laughs) Right? Would not let up until what? They were satisfied. I want it now. That's, what, that's the word picture. So the challenge for us is, are we craving pure spiritual milk? So that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now, look at verse 3. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. If you're not craving God's word, if you're not craving the pure spiritual milk, verse 3 might give you some insight. Look what it says again. Like newborn babies, Crave pure spiritual milk so that by you may grow. And now it says this. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. He says, out of your experience of tasting God's goodness, crave more of it. Question. When was the last time you allowed yourself, took the time, got away, whatever, and experienced God's goodness? That's what taste means. It's experience. When was the last time you experienced God's goodness? Not thought about it, not affirmed it, not amended it, but literally experienced it. Now that you have tasted that God is good, crave more of Him through His Word. The problem, some of us in our transformation, why we're not being transformed, it's been a long time since you allowed yourself or focused on His goodness. Experientially. See, here's the thing. The church kind of has this pendulum. And, and this one season in the church, it got real experiential. And if you want to call it charismatic, and so it's very experience-oriented, right? And then the pendulum swung way over here. And it said, oh, no, it's all experience. It's all experience. So now let's just get academic. And let's get really doctrinal and theological because we're, we, we don't want it all to be experience. The problem is 
when you follow God, He wants you to taste His goodness. Amen? Here's the balance. Let me explain Let me explain to you. It is biblically okay to experience God when the experience is rooted in His truth. Amen? Don't seek the experience just for the experience. That's where you can get tied up in knots because you go to church to get the next high. You go to church to get the next fix. You go to church just to feel good. And you jump and you jump and you jump and you jump. And you keep jumping until you experience something better than last Sunday. Because it's all about experience. And it must be true because I'm really tired and I feel really good. So that must have been true. See, if your experience is the basis of truth, you're... You get spun off into cults and false doctrine really quick because we know how to make you feel good. I can change the lights, I can change the music, and you'll feel something. If you come over here, dearly beloved, we are gathered to espouse God's truth because He's a holy God and you are not allowed to laugh nor are you allowed to raise your hands. I'm not disrespecting anyone, but the pendulum can swing so far to the other side. When Jesus just simply told his boys, hey, what? Follow me. With all their quirks and all their humanness, he said, follow me. And he says, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. How many of you have a favorite restaurant? How many of you, when you eat at your favorite restaurant, experience something good? Come on now. It's an experience. It's ain't right. It's a good experience. How many of you have a favorite restaurant and you're not afraid to tell people about it? How many of you have a favorite restaurant and you invite people to that restaurant? How many of you have a favorite dish at that favorite restaurant and you don't care if anyone else doesn't like it? It's your favorite dish. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Double double grilled onions. I'm in. It's an experience in and out. We got to come back to tasting that the Lord is good. Amen. Because when you taste his goodness, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get free. You're going to get free in the truth of who you are in Christ. You're going to get free in the truth of who he is. You're going to get free and you're going to invite people to come to know him and taste the same goodness. Don't invite them to church. Invite them to taste the goodness that you know. That's what we're talking about. That's what's going on here, right? And so, turn to 2 Peter. And there's some people in 2 Peter that have a vision problem. There's another response, right? Look at 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Here's the response. For this very reason, it could be therefore, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to kindness, love. What does that sound like? Transformation. Spiritual growth, right? Look at this. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, 
transformation, progressive sanctification, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here you go, verse 9. But if anyone does not have them, okay, if you're not adding these things to your life, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. So here's the thing. In your notes, I put nearsighted. That's where we get the word myopia. Forgotten is where we get the word lethargy, voluntary forgetfulness, right? It's all right there. Here's the thing. He says, hey, you want to be transformed? Add these things progressively. If they're not being added, you know what the problem might be? Not a hearing problem. It's a vision. You need spiritual LASIK. Because you have spiritual myopia, which means you are focused on what's right in front of you now. You're consumed with yourself. You're consumed with your circumstances. You're consumed with your trials, your tribulations. The only thing that you see right in front of you as a Christian is what is right here. The biblical truths of who you are in Christ, your home being in heaven, being a citizen of heaven, and all these wonderful things, I can't see it anymore. It's all blurry. It's all blurry. That's what he's saying. You've become nearsighted and blind. And look at the last clause of that verse. Check it out. Forgotten, he has been cleansed from his past sins. So here's, here's how you get your vision corrected. You've got to go back to the cross. In your sanctification, in your transformation, the basis for the rest of your life will be the cross. Because that's where you first tasted the Lord is good. That's where you experience His goodness. When you are overwhelmed by His grace and you're overwhelmed by His unmerited favor and you're overwhelmed by the truth that you are accepted and you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. When you take the time daily, not just once a week, not just once a month, not just on a conference or a retreat, but daily to begin your day basking and being poured over with His goodness, watch what happens to your life. Watch what happens to your vision. Because those things that were clouding your vision and blocking and obstructing your view, when you focus on God's goodness, suddenly your perspective changes. Suddenly you see things, the truth, eternal truth there, eternal truth there, and the stuff of life gets put in its place. Because you have 20-20 vision again. That's what we're talking about. What is that rooted in? God's goodness. What is God's goodness rooted in? His character and your salvation. Your salvation. We'll close with this. Look at Luke 10. Luke 10. In Luke 10, Jesus sends 70 of his apostles out on a mission trip. Pairs them up two by two. Sends them out with instructions. Okay? says, okay, here's what you're going to do. Go do it. Luke 10, verse 17 says this. The 72 returned with joy. It was a successful mission trip, just like Mexico. And said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Whew, they're casting out demons. Big time mission trip. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Verse 20. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The basis of our joy, of our rejoicing experience is what? That our names are written in heaven. When are they written in heaven? Whose name is written in heaven? When? At 10-12 on September 11th. If you're a believer in Jesus, at this very second, your name is written in heaven. Is, getting, is things getting clear now? Those issues that, that you're carrying and burden, does that help you? Your name. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you put your faith in Him, your name at this very second is in heaven's registry. Jesus says, hey, OBCF, don't rejoice that you got a new building. Don't rejoice that you're having a good service. Don't rejoice that you're about to have a barbecue potluck. Don't rejoice in any of that good stuff. The basis of your rejoicing is that your name is written in heaven. You're a child of God. Yes, I mean, yes, amen. It should be a hallelujah moment. When was the last time you pondered that? Seriously. Let's just be real. Let's just be honest. I was challenged with this. I'm so consumed with ministry. I'm going to be let me just let me just be transparent. This, uh, to sit long enough to get to the place of rejoicing, not just affirming, not just assenting, not just going, Amen. But rejoicing that my name is written in heaven has been a struggle. Because the stuff of life is right here. I experience ministry and spiritual myopia. Everything in my life consumes me, consumes me, consumes me. And my rejoicing is generally based on answered prayers and good circumstances. Then I'll rejoice in that kind of stuff. But rejoicing with 2020 vision, with clarity about what really matters, I got to be honest with you, it's tough. Probably because, honestly, I haven't made it a habit. I just, I've neglected it. Honestly. I'm like, oh, wait, okay, so when was the last time you, pastor, rejoiced that your name was written in heaven? See, I rejoice when I see some of you, and it's great, and I rejoice, hey, good to see you. I rejoice when you have a good service. I rejoice in answered prayer when you share answered prayers with me. I rejoice at the gardens. I rejoice at Triple C. I, re- I do rejoice with the building. But the Lord was like, okay, pastor, when was the last time you rejoiced that your name's written in heaven? It's all tied together. When was the last time you rejoiced that your name was written in heaven? Your name is in heaven. Mark, your name is in heaven. He likes you. You're in. You're in. You're not. You're, not, you're in. Right? The, 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 the early the cities, the, the context of cities would have a registry with all the names of the citizens. You're in the book. Pagnasat. Let's see. Pagnasat. Pagnasat. Hey, Kathy, good job. Uh, Pat? 
Is that what the P says? <laughs> Just kidding, right? right? You're in! <laughs> and if you're not sure, that could be the basis of why you're not progressing through. So sometimes, here's the application. Take time this week to rejoice, experientially. Which means, you might be at home, and God through the Holy Spirit overwhelms you with truth, and you go, Woo! And everyone in the house freaks out. And you're like, what happened? What happened? My name's written in the book. Really, you woke me up for that? You know what I mean? You gotta rejoice, guys. We gotta rejoice. We gotta go back to rejoicing and not be afraid of experience. Experiencing. Rejoice. In the Greek means rejoice. I don't know how to complicate it. Rejoice. Not analyze it. Not, not, not conjugate it. Not. It means rejoice. Some of you are gonna rejoice today when your team wins. NFL. Right? You're gonna rejoice. You're gonna experience it. Experience God's goodness. Rejoice that your name is written. If you're not sure, be honest that you're not sure. And if you're not in the book, be honest that you're not in the book. But the good news is, you can be. Today. Right now. Because the Bible says we are saved by grace through faith. Not by works, lest anyone should boast. If you want your name in the book, trust on Jesus, rest fully in His finished work, and then rejoice. Somewhere along the line, the church got so serious that we scared the world away because we're so serious. I've never seen people real serious leaving in and out or Nature's Cafe or Seafresh. That was a really good meal. That was a really good meal. We scared the world away because we're so serious about how good God is. Right? The world will be drawn when we're rejoicing in His goodness. Amen? Just rejoice. I give you permission to rejoice. Put a smile on your face because Jesus says your name is written in the book. And in the eternal picture, that's what really matters, isn't it? All the stuff you're going through, I'm not minimizing your trials and tribulations, but Jesus says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. It's a matter of perspective again. Put it back in perspective, guys. The basis of your rejoicing, of my rejoicing, is that our name is written in the book. But if you're going to get to the place of going, woo, you've got to sit there long enough to let the stuff of the world go away. Sit there long enough. Put on the music that you like. Read the verses you like. Ponder it. Sit there. And then you... Right? Let it loose. And then the temptations and the stuff of the world that entices you, you know what? That starts to disappear too. Because when I'm looking forward to an in-and-out, double-double, Taco Bell just doesn't cut it. When I'm going to In-N-Out and I'm, I got my mind and I'm craving that, I go by a bunch of other restaurants who are calling my name. I have no desire because it's set on what I want. When you're rejoicing in God and your heart is set on Him, the stuff of the world, you don't even see it anymore. Call your name. want you to stop in. No. 
because I know where I'm going. I'm going to Jesus because I'm rejoicing in who, in who he is and in who I am. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for reminding us that it is good and okay and we have the freedom to rejoice in your goodness. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Rejoice that our names are written in heaven. As we sit here, if we are a believer, our name is, present tense, at this very second, written in heaven. We don't need to be ashamed. We don't need to be embarrassed. It's just truth. So, Father, help us to appropriate that and believe it. And, Lord, I pray for those who are on the fence this morning, that are struggling that aren't sure if they've tasted God's goodness. They're not sure if their name is written in heaven. And I pray for those that maybe honestly know in their hearts they're not written in heaven. But the Bible says you can be. The Bible says we are saved by grace through faith. The Bible says that God loved you so much that Jesus Christ died. And if you put your faith in Him, His finished work, your name is written in heaven by grace. And so, Father, as we sing this song in preparation for communion, as we just take the time to sit, and we're not going to take communion right now. Vinny and Shiloh are going to sing a song. It's called, Oh, Come to the Altar. And maybe it's been a long time since you've rejoiced. Maybe it's been a long time since you've experienced and tasted the goodness of God. Use this song just to come back. Just sit and experience God's goodness. And use this song, if you're not sure where you stand with God, to come to the altar spiritually. Come to the throne of grace. Admit your need for Jesus. Tell God you're trusting Jesus alone for salvation. And come to the altar in this time of prayer and reflection. Settle the deal today. Taste and see the Lord is good personally. Taste and see that the Lord is good for you personally.